This week on the Media Virus Podcast, someone in Florida played It's Beginning to Look a Lot Like Christmas, and a man banged a dog in full view of a crowd, wrecked a nativity scene and a playground, and a mailbox, and attempted to steal a car. The mainstream is noticing Tianeptine, also known as gas station heroin. Since this is the first we're hearing of it, I think we must be way out of touch. According to NPR News, racist medical devices are out to get black people. All this, more news, Maddie fixes headlines, Maddie's TikTok nonsense corner, and maybe the infection team will come up with another catchy Maddie-related title and bring you a wall-to-wall Maddie C-block on this, the 110th episode of the Media Virus Podcast. It's the Media Virus Podcast. Let's point and laugh at the world burning around us with executive producer Mike Latouris. We're going to start over. BBC correspondent Stanley McFadden. Makes me tingly in an unfamiliar way. Grease Monkey Pete. Damn, Big Daddy. Here's the thing about the Media Virus Podcast. It's really well done. And now, spreading the sage nihilism of an aged Gen Xer, your host and mine, the star of our show... The incomparable Matty Rock Death. Hi, <laughs> damn, do we have a show for you people this week? I am Matty Rock Death. I am a drunk, a pervert, a junkie, and a sodomizer, but you can call me the Salamonizer. Um, listening to a lot of Guar today, missing Brocky, driving around. It's- a shame, but um, that's just where that came from. I was um, trying to ignore the fact that we're sliding into a dystopian nightmare and uh, we're shipping off Patriot missiles to Ukraine. We're going to enter World War III. Life's about to get a lot harder for everybody. Uh, so let's let's start thinking about the Christmas season. You know, only get in the Christmas mood. That's kind of like, you know, Christmas is coming. So, um you know, how do you like to celebrate Christmas, Pete? What do you like to do for Christmas? Oh, fuck. I muted Pete. Hang on. Did you mute me? <laughs> I did because you kept Dude. interrupting the intro. I did not. You're moving and it shifts. Go ahead. How do you celebrate Christmas, Pete? How do I celebrate Christmas? Uh, usually I hang out with uh, some friends, you know, see some, you know, Go go to the, go to the family's house for dinner, occasionally. Not every year, but uh, you do you ever uh, do any dog sitting? Uh, you know what? No, I never did any dog sitting at Christmas. At Christmas, but you've often often dog yes. sat, right? I, I I did I did a fair amount of dog sitting uh, in the last couple of years. Yeah. Has yeah. anyone ever described you as a Florida man? No. That's probably a good thing. Because a Florida man was arrested after having public sex with a dog damaging a church nativity scene. A Florida man was arrested after he had sex with a dog in front of families, wrecked a nativity scene at a nearby church, and attempted to steal a vehicle. Just a correction. He didn't bang the dog in front of his family. He's not a pervert. (laughs) That's right. (laughs) It was just a family. A family. A family. Could have been any family. You know? Chad Mason, 36, was arrested Sunday on several charges, including sexual activity with an animal, exposing sexual organs, and criminal mischief to a place of worship. 
Mason knew the owner of the Golden Doodle Dog. He was taking it out for a walk in an apartment complex in the 2600 block of McMullen Booth Road around 4.30 p.m. on Sunday, Clearwater Police said. He then began having sex with the dog in front of multiple adults and a child who was under 16 years of age. One of the adult witnesses confronted Mason, who then fled the scene to North... Hey, you're fucking that dog! (laughs) (laughs) Surprise, surprise, surprise they didn't go up to him and shake his hand and be like, hey, buddy, way to go. Hey, nice dick guy. (laughs) Whoa. know how to fuck a labradoodle. (laughs) So, uh... He then fled the scene to Northwood Presbyterian Church. He entered the church and proceeded to knock over a nativity display, break several potted plants, and throw children's toys from a playground area. Mason's actions resulted in an estimated $400 in damages to the church, according to officials. He then left the church and went, on an ad- went into an adjacent neighborhood where he destroyed a mailbox and attempted to steal a car. Officers were then able to take him into custody and book him into Pinellas County Jail. Jesus. Um, you think he was, like, on something? Well, right now he's on bond. He's been released on bond, and he will appear in court later this month. Wow. What made him think that running to a Presbyterian church, you know, was the best idea? I mean, there's a All lot of Presbyterians, they don't, they don't take your shit, man. There's a lot to unpack here, Pete. I mean, Uh, yeah, you know, if if he was dog sitting, why didn't he just fuck the dog at home? Well, the the friend, the friend was there. Maybe I I, I, I don't know. Dog in front of the owner, man. That's rude. You're gonna take it outside. (laughs) I suppose you're right. (laughs) I suppose that is rude. He's got dignity, dude. You know what I mean? You don't just piss all over a nativity scene. You know, just because he was angry. He didn't He didn't feel like being confronted about fucking that. Oh, he didn't finish, I guess. You know, dude, how disappointed do you get when you don't finish? Right? You've been looking at that dog all fucking day. I was just thinking, God, I mean, He couldn't even get behind a tree. He just had to pop out and go after the dog right in the middle of, you know. He the- told that dog he was going to give that dog something to bark about. <laughs> Sorry, that's all I can come up with. Well, at least the dog got it's a phone. A, it's a running joke in my uh, <laughs> between my wife and I, because yeah. we both think it's like, and we both we we I'm sure you and I have we've all all heard the the, the phrase, uh, "I'll give you something to cry yeah, about." You better stop Absolutely. crying, or I'll give you something to cry I'll about. Give you something to cry about. I'm gonna give you something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Why is this? I'm f- fighting with my microphone. Stop touching it. <laughs> Just I want it to be in the right spot. You know, <laughs> you got you got to find the sweet spot, huh, Matt? You got to find the sweet spot. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Got to make sure you have so, clearance, uh, clearance. Well, do you think he was on um, gas station meth? He could have been. I it, well, it's gas station heroin we're talking about, but uh, he oh, could have been. Station, I'm sorry, gas station heroin. Yeah, I gas station meth was like bath salt days. Remember that? <laughs> yeah, it was a shame. I'm really sad to see that go. I mean, not for nothing. I let me let me explain this. I want to explain this to the federal government. If opium was legal, all there would be is opium. If cocaine was legal, all there would be is cocaine. 
But now, because everybody's got to skirt the fucking rules. Oh, it's not cocaine. It's not, you know, it's not this. It's not illegal. Ha <laughs> ha. Now we've got these dangerous drugs where people are eating faces and, and fucking uh, going through terrible withdrawals, apparently. Like, I heard about this. I got all excited. I'm like, oh, man, available opioids. And then it, they start talking about it's this, not this a real withdrawal. opioid. It just it hits on the opioid receptors. Uh, Tianeptine is an antidepressant, but it's being sold in the U.S., especially at gas stations, as a dietary supplement and functions like an opioid. The drug called Tianeptine is colloquially colloquially known as gas station heroin. It's been banned by several states now. It's being marketed as a dietary supplement, but some users are describing it as a highly addictive opioid. Is there a is there a picture? There is a picture, so we can all see what we got to get. Yes, so that we're going to go buy, so we can show the advertisement. I wonder what would happen if you crushed it up and snort it. I don't know. On I, next week's show, Maddie tries. No, <laughs> Maddie tries gas station. <laughs> I, I don't yeah, know if gas it's, station opioids. I'm not entirely sure if it uh, is uh, one of those things that can be absorbed through a mucous membrane. I don't know if I don't know its mechanism. Oh, I didn't get that oh. far into it. Uh, the drug called Tianeptine is. Why are we looking at your jingle palette? It, oh well. Because I guess the wrong thing shared when I hit share. <laughs> How about it? Let's try it like this. How's that? Oh, there we go. TD red is what you're seeing. The diet. Yes, mm-hmm. that's right. And then, look, there's a warning right on it. May cause you to <laughs> fuck dogs in public. <laughs> <laughs> a drug called TNEPTINE. Colloquially known as gas station heroin has been banned in several states. It's being marketed as a dietary supplement. It is a tricyclic antidepressant used to treat depression in some European, Latin American, and Asian countries, but it's not approved by the FDA for medical use in the United States. It's not a controlled substance and is typically sold in the U.S. as a dietary supplement, a nootropic, Uh, That's a chemical that can improve cognitive function or a research chemical under brand names like Zaza Red, TD Red, and Tiana. It can be found at gas stations or easily bought online. Medical experts say Tianeptine functions as an opioid because it hits opioid receptors in the brain, which explains why people have reported severe withdrawal when they try to stop using it. People are using it to either manage or or withdraw from harder, harsher stuff. And they're kind of starting their journey and developing an unhealthy relationship with it based on its effects. And its effects are opioid-like effects, said Dr. Patrick Marshallek, uh, an associate professor at West Virginia University School of Medicine. There's very little known about TNFTN, including how many people are using it, the reports from both the FDA and the DEA have noted upticks in poison control calls about the drug up until at least 2020. It's been banned in Michigan, Alabama, Minnesota, Tennessee, Georgia, and Indiana. Officials in Mississippi issued a health alert about it earlier this year. Experts told Vice News the issues surrounding its use are part of a larger problem where unregulated substances mimic the effects of illicit drugs despite being marketed in a benign way. Hunter Barrett, 26, who has a painful esophagus condition, 
and has been addicted to opioids in the past was skeptical about the TNF teen and, uh, and its efficacy. Uh, but when he moved to Pensacola, Florida from Alabama in January, he noticed that every time he went to the gas station, people were buying Zaza Reds. I'm sitting there thinking, it's it's a gas station. This shit ain't going to be any good, he told Vice News. Still, he bought some and eventually switched over to a brand called TD Red, which he described as feeling like a mix of Percocets and cocaine. Wow. Oh. <laughs> so where uh, so where do we get this then? they were amazing <laughs> like wow huh? it took away all the pain Bar- Barnett said uh, but within five days he began upping his dose while he started taking three at a time every few hours he can now take an entire bottle of 15 pills in one go it was definitely one of the biggest mistakes of my life I wish I would have never touched them it was Definitely, uh, the, the Barnett said TNF-teen's effects wear off quickly. He would sometimes take them before bed and have to wake up in the middle of the night to take more to avoid going into withdrawal. He said he began going through three to six bottles a day at 30 bucks a piece. He oh, said he started wow. working his job delivering groceries via Instacart every day, but was still broke due to how much he was spending on pills. I've spent $50,000 since January on these. Wow. Where the fuck did you get $50,000 from? I don't know. Instacart. <laughs> Instacart's pretty lucrative, apparently. Dude, I, fuck, if you can afford it, man. So, I mean, that's the, you know, the, the, just sounds like a bunch of fun. I don't know. When Barnett spoke to Vice News, he said he had just come off a 10-day detox that was more difficult than when he came off of opioids like oxycodone, fentanyl, and buprenorphine. He said he experienced nausea, sweats, vomiting, fever, body pain, and relentless chills. The withdrawal, I can honestly say, is the absolute worst experience of my life. Wow. That's the thing about opioids too, um, that kicks you in the ass, is that uh, for some reason the pain is worse when they wear off. Yes, it's a lot fucking worse. And like, even if you're not like abusing them, if you're just like you, you can feel them fucking wear, you yes. feel them fucking wear off. Like ah, oh, Christ, and everything just starts. Are like are like your receptors? You said it, it, it's blocking the uh, the those receptors or affecting those receptors. So like, say your body's like storing that up, like while you're on this stuff, is that it? You know, like I'm, 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 I'm a, I'm an amateur at this. Well, um, I, I think what it, it just, your, you know, your body got comfortable not having the pain and now it's back. Right. You know what I mean? And I also like, I know, like I know with oxycodone or oxycontin, it, like the you know, it changes the way like your brain perceives pain. Yes, it it doesn't right. actually take the pain away. It just dulls the body's ability to feel it. Yeah, and yipes. Yeah, no, and I you know it's it's been a long shit. It's about so I'm I'm gonna end three up. years now. I think since I've been like completely where I've turned down like Percocets, huh? Good stuff. Said, no, Good no, show. Thank you. Good show. You know what I mean? Like, uh, what I'm saying is, and like, you know, I'm just, it's, 
but I, I, I seek out a lot of other, you know, stuff, pain, pain relief remedies. Like I'm not, I'm not, I'm California sober, as they say. <laughs> well, speaking of California so- sober, uh, I'm, well, I'll leave you with this. I, I scan the rest of the article. There's not a lot of interesting stuff other than he said he plans to move back to Alabama where Tianeptine is banned. Despite the difficulty of his withdrawal, he said he celebrated his 10-day detox by taking 12 pills. But he doesn't <laughs> but he doesn't believe it will override the detox. Dude, some dudes just go through detox so the drugs work better. Right. I've done it. Um <laughs> But um yeah. I don't think that guy's. Uh, has anybody OD'd on the shit? Uh, there, there wasn't any indicate. There, there wasn't they, any mention. Been, well, there listen, was, they said there's been an up, There's been an uptick in poison control calls for it. Oh. So I, I can't wait till they find the Narcan resistant fucking strain of shit that they're gonna. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like it just, kills you like opioids, but Narcan doesn't do shit. It's gonna be great. China will figure it out, just like they did with fentanyl. <laughs> they'll figure it out which they're gonna they're, which they're you, not they're, there's not listen when china takes over this country there won't be a shot fired you can bunch of pussies you can narcan you can narcan uh away fentanyl if you have if you catch it right but they have to put you on a drip because it stays in your system for so long oh yeah yeah now did you ever like i don't know if, is it really like chicago pd where like i don't know if you guys ever seen it, it's like like fentanyl, like a little bit of dust got in the air. Like, oh, you could fucking die, and somebody dies because they breathe fentanyl. It, is it that strict? It depends on on how the strain uh, of fentanyl. Yeah. Well, it depends on exactly how strong and and the concentration that's that's around. But yeah, a little bit can get on you. And you like, there's been there's been some uh, reports that I've read here of officers who have like done traffic stops and come in contact with residue. Like, didn't find anything, but you know were in a car where it had been transported or whatever. It came in contact with residue and, you know, let, you know, write the ticket or whatever they're going to do, get back in their car and get so fucked up that they have to like pull over and call for help. Zoics. Just, just from skin contact. Fucking Zoics. And they get free drugs, dude. (laughs) Being a cop's the fucking best. Um, but, uh, you know, if, if you have to go to the uh, hospital, yeah, you, know, you, you, you got to really be careful. This really sounds like a white people drug, though. The, yeah, definitely. This uh, this this shit they're selling in gas stations. It, it's a bit more of a white folks kind of adventure. But uh, you got to be careful because all of the medical devices are racist. Not all of them. It's it's mostly the pulse oximeters. Uh, that that little thing that they tape to your finger. Uh, when you're in the hospital, that that checks the uh, concentration of oxygen in your in your blood. Oh yeah. Uh, when it comes to darker skin, pulse oximeters fall short. Over the past two years, the pulse oximeter has become a crucial tool for tracking the health of COVID-19 patients. The small device clips onto a finger and measures the amount of oxygen in a patient's blood. But a growing body of evidence shows the device can be inaccurate when measuring oxygen levels in people with darker skin tones. A study published on Monday only adds to this concern. 
Researchers analyzing pre-pandemic health data also find those measurements resulted in patients of color receiving less supplemental oxygen than white patients did. We were fooled by the pulse oximeter, says the study's lead author, Dr. Leo Anthony Seeley, whose clinical research director at uh, the and principal research scientist with the MIT Laboratory of Computational Physiology. We were given the false impression that the patients were okay, and what we showed in this study is that we were giving them less oxygen than they needed. These sobering findings are bringing more urgency to educating patients and medical professionals about the shortcomings of the pulse oximeter and to designing new models that can work reliably regardless of someone's skin color. Was this story brought to us by the BBC correspondent? Uh, it was. It was. He actually he actually submitted this story, and uh, I, I, if he joins us later on, I, I will likely bring it up again just to. Uh, why, why do you think that is? Like, what is it? The, is it the, the, well, the darker skin that gives it a false reading? Yes, the um, the pulse oximeter. Racists. It well because it it reads light past it it met. The measurement it takes has to do with passing light through the skin and and measuring the differences in I, I guess the the color or the how much light passes through where you've got blood um, um, because I, I know that they can use your finger, your earlobe or your toe to to do it so I'm just I'm, I'm a little I'm a little confused right because doesn't that seem like an obvious thing? It does. Yeah. It does. But Pete, mm. hey, this thing measures the light passing through your skin. Do you think dark skin would affect it? Yep. I think it would. Like, especially since darker skin is caused by a hormone or what is it? A chemical? Melanin. I, melanin. Melanin. Yeah. No, yeah it's, it's a, a hormone. Is it a chemical? It's a genetic. It's a genome. It's whatever it is. Melanin. It's there's a there's something there's a thing there. There's there's a yeah, this is this is truly like this. Like, OK, when people talk about systematic racism, and shit like that, like built in racism, that's it. There it is. That That's that's it. No, nope, point yeah. to that and say nobody. Nobody fucking thought about we always. This. We, yeah, we, we tested it on all these white people. It's fine. Must be OK. It worked great. No, we, we fucking do. We've been saving the lives of white people for 50 years. I don't know why it doesn't work for you guys. I mean, it measures the light going to Caucasian skin. I can't, I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. Like I, like I, I don't think the, the medical reps that sell these things are going in going, Hey, with built in racism, you know, although depending well, no, on where I you mean, are, not, that might be a selling point. <laughs> I mean, Alabama speaking of, you know, speaking of the last story, but I, like these are, and okay. This proves a point. This and the fact that there's all this talk about prosecuting Fauci proves the same point. Doctors don't know a fucking thing about a fucking thing. We listen to them because they got fucking white coats on. You know what? Go to them for advice. I mean, yeah, they're going to tell you shit like, you know, don't smoke. That's probably pretty good advice. Don't drink alcohol. That's, you know, don't, don't drink yourself till you puke every night. That's probably a good fucking piece of advice. Other than that, you know, here's some, if you're going them for pain pills, they're good for that. All of that, they're really just a fucking waste of time. They can be, yeah. I mean, I, I know. Years ago, I had a I had a fantastic physician. Um, I mean, except for the doctors that helped with Pete and the doctors dealing with Mike's dad. 
those those doctors are okay. <laughs> no, years ago I had a, a family physician. Uh, I'll never forget the first time I went to him. You know, I was like 13, 14 years old. I'm sitting there in my underpants in his office, and he walks in and says, "Hey, how you doing?" So I I go to you know I'm on the table. I stand up to shake his hand. He's, he says, well, "You know, we're not going to the table just yet. Sit down." And he just we sat down, and there I sat in my underpants, and we had this chat about you know, hey, I'm a doctor, and he starts to tell me, you know, where he went to school. And he said, look, I'm a military, he said, I was in the military. I'm, I'm, a, I'm an army doctor. I have worked with young men most of my career. He said, I'm still in the guard today. And I, I see young men all the time. So there's nothing you're going to tell me that's going to surprise me. There's nothing that's going to upset me that bad. As long as you straight shoot straight with me, I'll shoot straight with me, with you. I said, okay. He said, good. Now that we've got our no bullshit policy in, in play, let's do this. And I had my first physical with him. And like he was awesome because he was straightforward. He didn't bullshit you. If there was two ways to do something, he'd hook you up with either the, the easy or the cheap way, whichever way you needed to go. You know, it was, yeah, you know, <laughs> he, he was, it was good. I mean, some doctor, it know, was some good old fashioned doctoring. It, it wasn't, you know, it was, Smart, you know, this makes sense, so we'll do it. Kind of stuff. Uh, we just got remember the doctors. Import, you know, doctors. Important question. About? Important question, Mike. Yeah. Were you sitting on like a fire truck or like a like a construction vehicle at that point? Neither. In, like the, the, the miniature. <laughs> no, it, it was. It was not even. It, it, he was. It was the first time I had been to a doctor since going to a pediatrician. Like it, this was my grad. Oh, okay. This was my okay. move from pediatrician to like regular family physician. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think what movie that is where the, he goes in to see his doctor and, and he's like an adult and he sits on like the the the, the fire yeah. truck and looks at the guy and the guy goes, "Look, dude, I'm a pediatrician." <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, these research doctors they got. They they get tunnel vision on stuff and, and they're not very. We, well, I think we, we're gonna we, we're gonna go uh, in the C block. We're gonna we're debuting a a couple of new bits. One of them is going to be Maddie fixes headlines, um, and uh, I think I have some more to say about research scientists. Probably yeah. Um, in uh, we're also gonna uh, be doing a, a, a review of some. We're gonna yeah. What's it called? Maddie's shit. Maddie's shit. Uh, the shit that I buy uh, from Amazon. And um, and uh, B-Block coming up. I think we've got more news. Yeah, I got but some more. Wait, I, I, I only have a couple of stories lined up. Actually, we're, there's a little bit of crossover. One of your one of your headlines that you're going to fix in the C-Block actually pops up in, in more news that we can we can chat a little bit about it, I guess. Um, All right. It was kind of long, but I think it's worth talking about twice because it's kind of an important subject. Okay. Um. So yeah, that's pretty much it. All right. Well, that's the end of the A block. It is. I think you should uh, bring this block home. Well, to do that, I usually remind everybody that they can give us a call one six four six virus zero one. That's one six four six virus zero one. Uh, phone lines are open now, uh, and we'll continue to be open through the B block. If you want to give us a call, go right ahead. We'll put you on our air. Uh, just. Be aware that if you call in, you're probably going to make it to the podcast. Um, 
Let's see what else. Oh, you can check out our website. Uh, and I actually just put a new page on the website today uh, for the new segment, Maddie Shit. There will be a, a a special page for all the shit that Maddie talks about. And when Maddie buys some shit and reviews some shit, we'll put links up there so you can go buy that shit. And that's at themediavirus.com. Now that I've told you all that, I'm going to tell you that we'll be back with the B Block in just a bit. Not live, though. And hmm, how should we go out of here today, Pete? Well, gee, you know, I always like the surprise. Okay, so I'll surprise you. Jerking them all. I jerked off all of them. A block down. Thanks for putting up with my bullshit.